What is up, everyone? My name is Brad, otherwise known as Bradsver, and we are finally back with another week of Unable to Stop Doing a Certain Thing. Teddy, what is that? We can't stop snapping, and we are so back after my extended vacation and then mismatch of our schedules because you, sir, have also been doing an incredible uh, Floridian activity, hopefully now a tradition. SnapCon? It was a blast. Uh, so yeah, there was SnapCon this weekend. It was in Tampa. I am a local here, so it was easy for me to make it. Um, and I'm uh, good friends with uh, Felicity and Default Dan, uh, who pretty much organized the entire thing. Was kind of talking with them since the inception of the idea. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go. Um, and uh, definitely gonna cast and things like that. And that's what I did for the majority of the weekend was cast. Nice. It was nice when we got to the top eight. I was no yeah. longer casting because Binks had Binks and D Money who were there uh, both got knocked out prior to that, so they were able to actually cast. And look, I'm not going to take offense to that when you have yeah. big names like Binks and D Money uh, for your uh, top eight stream. Please just use them. Like I, I yeah, get them featured. Right, they're such fun personalities when you get them yeah. on the mic on the camera. What was is this casting just for the stream or was there any live viewership experience? So there was, um, so yeah, do you mean like live as in like people there? Yeah, so people who were in attendance to be able to watch what's going on or follow. So yeah, uh, I'll probably add these pictures in post, but there are two stages, okay? And we had two streams going on at once. There was Felicity's stream on the main stage. I tried to catch uh, a little bit of that. Yeah, and then there was Default Dan's stage, uh, our stream, which was uh, pretty much the main portion of the tournament, uh, being like the the round robin, like just the pods. And then um, once we got into like... uh, top 32 for day two basically felicity had one half of the stream going on with that and then dan had the other half where they were going simultaneously for both sides of the bracket and the way it worked was on dan's side we had a setup with two ipads and that was how they were playing um and then we basically had those stream there uh commentating over it on felicity's side on the main stage the bigger stage it was actually two full pc setups um to where you had both players on the new pc client um, nice. And then the overlays like that, and then basically everyone was just watching them play. We yeah. had a big projector on the side so the audience could see the game and everything. Okay, okay, um, nice. We had uh, noise canceling headphones for the uh, um, for the uh, the players, uh, was, so they couldn't hear commentary. Was the projection on a delay or was it like right? It with was them? Pos- it was positioned where they can't see it. Okay, like they there was no way for them to see it. Um, uh, they they did a great job of setting up the stage and everything like that, but it was such a cool live experience. Yeah. Because I'm when I'm sitting there, I'm talking to some people in the corner, and I'm like, we're going over lines. We're seeing like, oh, this is where they need to go. This is where they need to go. Yeah. Um. And and then like we're seeing them try to think and like kind of you know do their thing. They drag and pull back, pull back, and we're going like, okay, yes. so they're thinking this. Does that math work out? We're going through all the numbers and shit. It was such a blast. To actually just oh, watch live like an esport event, it was cool. Especially because it's the side by side, which I feel like in most of the, I mean, in some of these casts, you do get like the hand of both players, and then, but you don't get to see that thinking of them, you know, dragging because so, that's what everybody does is they think very yeah. visually and snap to plan out turns, and one person's perspective, you always end up missing. Yeah, so that is kind of how it worked here with because you have basically so you got the main battlefield of one person's perspective, um, right? And then it was then it basically cropped the other person's hand on top. Okay, nice. Um, so you that was the one downside where you can't see 
perfectly both people thinking a lot. But because you can see the other person's hand and you can yeah. see enough above the hand, you can basically understand, okay, they're dragging he- like this card here, here, and yeah. here. So it was enough where you can absolutely be like, okay, they're going left with like, you know, uh, Chavez, right? Something like that. Nice. Um, but it was such a blast. I mean, overall, it wasn't just the tournament. We had other events going on too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, we had like uh, the WSF uh, thing, the World Snap Federation or whatever that Dan does with like uh, Super Tech God and stuff like that, like the wrestling mashup thing. Um, it was it was funny. It was cute. You know, I I was just chilling in the back. Um, then there was uh, like Snapperty. It's a Jeopardy yes. spinoff, essentially, yep. the, like a team thing of that. There was. Uh, like Pictionary for Marvel Snap and stuff like all these different cool games that people could watch and stuff. There were cool panels in which like you had like Binks and like D Money W like all like all these great minds talk about like you know deck construction or like meta evaluation and like you know like little tips and tricks and like took Q and A from from like people there of like you know what do you do in this situation how do you approach this and stuff like that. Uh, those vods are all still up by the way if you go on. Uh, twitch.tv slash Felicity or twitch.tv slash default Dan. You can still check everything out there. Now, did it feel Did it feel big or did it feel like cozy? This is like our, this is like the small crew of diehards who made it. It felt bigger than I expected. Uh, okay. We had a, a, around 200 attendees. Um, nice. It was a pretty good size. Yeah. Uh, so being able to, you know, see a lot of people just not just, you know, obviously content creators, but pretty much across the board, just like average people get to hang out, talk to them and like get their experience or like you kind of get their understanding of what, like what they're talking about or like what they're enjoying there. Um, it's super cool. And, and like it, it, it was a little bit of both though. There was a little bit of that coziness because like, you know, we're all there to, you know, talk about Marvel snap or play snap right. and things like that. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it, if it was interesting, it was really cool. And I can't wait to see what happens next year because Funnily enough, the day before day one, Felicity got hit up by like three or four other people for like companies saying like, we'll sponsor next year because they saw the numbers of like the, the turnout and stuff Let's like that. Let's go. So, um, because this you know, year was no like high profile sponsors. It was just kind of community. So the, yeah, the biggest sponsor was uh, Impulse Gaming. Okay. Uh, they're an up and coming like team of like, yep. you know, to do more organization, organized sports and things like that, or esports, I should say, um, like events, tournaments, things like that. Uh, we're actually uh, talking with them to uh, look at more tournaments to be expanded on. Um, so maybe you'll see me cast for some of their tournaments and things like that. So we'll see how that turns out in the future. Nice. Uh, but um, otherwise, I mean, yeah, th- there was a good handful of sponsors. It was it was uh, Impulse Gaming. There was like um, a supplement company for like a, like a G Fuel kind of thing, but yep. not, of course, not G Fuel. Um, but uh, it sucks because originally Felicity and Dan, they reached out to um, like, of course, Ben Brode and like other members of second dinner and Ben Brode months and months ago said, I'd love to can't do it that week. I have Uh, something. And that's what he said specifically. Gamescom. See, here's the thing. We didn't know it was Gamescom. Yeah. Because as we got in, we got closer and closer. We had a few second dinner employees confirm saying we'll be there. Like we can make it work. Nice. And, um, once it got closer, those segmenter employees basically were like, sorry, we just found out we have to go somewhere, and it's on that weekend. And then they were going we, found international. we found this week it was GamesCon, essentially. So hopefully next year we can do a bit 
more digging and hopefully have a bit more transparency between second dinner and everyone to kind of get a yeah. better like footing of like you know there's a bit because i didn't know gamescon was that that week this weekend and that kind of sucks no i mean the whole culture of like the gaming conventions after covid has like really fallen off whereas before there would be like a lot of hype building into these yeah um which we still got i mean i think do you want do we want to talk a little bit about gamescom and especially the the second dinner updates that we've gotten do a little tangent yeah, I, here. i was gonna say the the twitch drops was really cool um, it was did you, that's did you get your variants i've got all my variants I'm loving them. I think they're all duplicates, though, of cards I already have variants for. So I don't know how much I will play them, but I'm still I'm quite happy with the system that they had set up. I thought when they brought in drops that we were just going to get like another loot box system and you were going to get like, honestly, a pretty low value box drop periodically for watching. And so this like set demarcation of you just are guaranteed this stuff for this long. I like that. And I think that overall... They're being pretty generous with the extra currency they're throwing into the economy. It makes me a little worried that they're only going to come around for special events rather than be a month-to-month thing. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. But though maybe we could be surprised and it's a month-to-month thing, but it's like not as like substantial. Like, yeah. You get the guaranteed hits uh, you know, with like the bigger events, like especially like the one year coming up, right, in just a few right. months. I mean, actually I would... just a couple months. Yeah. Two months. Exactly. If they wanted to roll back to just like the loot box system, if they just gave you like a thousand points of progress to one box on your battle pass, I'd be fine with that. You watch for like a couple hours and you can earn up to five to ten free roll boxes out of there. Maybe you go all the way up to 20 of like a, over the mm-hmm. course of watching because that means on average you'll get one new variant. Um, that'd be great. There's gold in those boxes. Hey, that's uh, yeah. hard to be able to get. And... Um, Man, it turned the watch numbers for Snap upside down. It's wild looking at the Twitch pages now because Dexter there's like had 28 at peak uh, yes. for viewers. Uh, can yes. we talk about um, the gray opportunity that second? So we, uh, I don't remember if it was with us in particular. I um, I don't know if I don't think we started at this point, but I can tell you with uh, with Chris over in Snap on Ego, we were in agreement with Regis who made a video on this a couple months ago. Uh, it wasn't. What was the event? The the, the most recent big event um, was it? Was it Comic Con? Was that it? Um, um, basically, yes. it was with yeah, the we had a lot of it, announcements it out of Comic Con. It coincided with the announcement of Conquest, and Regis made a good video saying they dropped the ball on announcing Conquest because they had a panel and everything, and essentially just introduced Conquest to people as if they knew already what Marvel Snap was, how to play, and things like that. They didn't yeah. show really any gameplay. They showed, like, the UI and, like, the menu and explained conquests and rules. But yeah. chat was going, like, what the f*** is this? And, like, you know, everyone else was like, we don't know what this is or things like that. This is a mobile um, game I heard about a year ago. I'm here for yeah. X whatever, you know. So uh, that that's a criticism I actually agreed with. We talked about it before with, like, Chris and things like that. Of Like, this is they, – they definitely dropped the ball. This time around, though, for Gamescom, I think they learned their lesson because not only did they do the Twitch drops and coinciding with the new PC launch, and they're like, "This is actually showcasing the game itself," and like with on Gamescom, and then they got big sponsorships for big streamers, Hasanavi, Hassan Piker, the biggest streamer, and I know he's not number one anymore. I know it's like it, it was Kai who's now on Kick, and then um, yeah. it's like what's his name, Jay something. He's a Rainbow Six streamer on on Twitch. He's number one now. Look, consistently, though, Hassan is top five all the time and has been for a few years. He's a huge name. You got him to play Marvel Snap. 
Now, it seemed very scripted to me, and it seemed like kind of disingenuous, uh, but, uh, you know, get your bag, get your money, I understand. But still, for 20-plus thousand viewers showing off a game, most people are like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to go download this and play it. And then yeah, Dexter because I think that Snap has something that you can dive into immediately. Like, if you're mm-hmm. watching for another game and you see Snap come on, and if it's a personality that you like watching anyway, I think that you're going to be able to get what Snap is. Whereas there are other games that, like, I could watch somebody that I like play for, like, half mm-hmm. an hour and be like, I, this is not, I don't get it, <laughs> you know? But I think that Snap, just, you know, they're going to see a bunch of games, they're going to get the core loop, they're going to get at least one moment that it's, like, really intense and they're making a call if they're snapping or retreating. And they're like, okay, that was, like, peak right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and unlike games like Magic, for example, the uh, the barrier to entry uh, from a viewer's standpoint is significantly better. Um, yeah. So, like, if you're going to randomly just pop into, like, a you know, a, arenas that, that, like, there's, like, the Magic World Championship, right, on Arena. Right. And, like, visually, the game looks amazing. And it's, you would think it's somewhat easy to follow because you're like, yeah, cards are there. They're, they're playing it out. But then once you start watching, you're like, I don't know what that does. Like, it doesn't right. show explicitly, like, the card text and everything when you're playing it. And your players are playing so fast and the commentators are talking so fast in those kind of tournaments. You're just, yeah. like, lost. Or Snap... If second dinner, I should say when, when second dinner takes the reins on their own sanctioned events for eSport type of tournaments, right? Because it's, it's a matter of time. Like, they will. There's no I way don't know. they They're don't. They're such a small team. I think it's actually a discussion on if they do or not. I think Ben Brode might want to keep the company so small that they'll leave it third party, but I don't know. Well, it could be third party, but they could have a hands-on approach and like it's like it's underneath them in a the sense of like directly like yes, they could they could go get another team or some of an experienced esports team to run it, but yeah. it's a sanctioned event from okay. them. It's not like Snapchat. Fair enough, fair it's enough. Like yeah, our I tournament or I mean, whatever. It was like um Conquerors, right? Yeah, yeah, like like event like that, like but actually like, you know, a big tournament with prize tournament, money yes. and like and like actually has like a pro league system or whatever. Um and not the basically speed run that it was in that event um but when they do that and that comes to fruition simply all they have to do is play a quick what 180 second thing of a quick explanation of this is what snap is this is how you play this is the objective because i don't think you need more than that to give a quick synopsis for players on how to play And then, like, think, between, like, breaks, when, like, you have those five-minute breaks, whatever, just play that. Yeah, like, I think that you could ads. even have, like, you know, the pinned comment of, like, snap in 60 seconds if someone's hopping in and wants to know more. And then you tap on that. You get their yeah. highly polished ad breakdown. And then you roll back into the stream to see how whoever's doing. Yeah, and, like, and of course, if you have the right commentators, uh, of course, like, with those events. Um, quick that, aside... It does get hard with the commentators, right, on, like, how much they couch for new audience and how much that feels yes. like it's being dumbed down for the competitive core that's watching you anyway. See, like, I get I this a little can... bit with pickleball right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love watching pickleball, but the commentators treat it like I've never, like, they're explaining the most basic rules every time. And I'm like, I'm already on a level of, like, I care about these players. I followed their storylines. I want a little bit more of the pickleball details i'm not just you know bouncing so i in. think the way that i've been casting uh so and also by the way it was fan i already do the casting for snap.fan and stuff like that um 
it was great doing it in person, being able to do it side by side with guests, with Eddie, yeah. um, with with Yoda, uh, like like all these different like you know great content creators. There's nothing better than casting in person with with people because those you know physical cues and things like that, like the the chemistry is a lot easier to run with because you can actually see the other person. You can right. be ready and know when to jump in, when to talk. Uh, it's not like that through the digital component. Yeah. But anyway. The way that I always do it is I typically lean more towards like, you know, play by play uh, as opposed to like color commentary. Yeah. Um, it's not set in stone, of course. Like if there's a dialogue to be had between your casters, then you have it right. You can. But the way I like to do it is if you find a lull, there's there's like yes. a point where you can that you can fit it in. But I like to essentially in, for example, Eddie had never cast it before and I, and I was having him be my color commentator and he was like, well, what do I need to do? And I'm like, look, I'm going to basically talk about like the game itself and like, you know, give you softball questions to answer um and a lot of times some of these questions on purpose by design will seem basic ish yeah. uh, to the to more veteran players um that's by design because i want you to have an easy question to answer an easy thing to quickly give a little explanation on of why something happens that's going to be for the first like portion of the match like in a conquest mode for example right it's like what we're talking about yeah first portion of the match you do a lot of that kind of thing right especially while it's early there's a lot of touch and feel between the two uh the two players a lot of earlier treats um there's not not very often is there going to be the big like four cube seven cube eight cube kind of thing right yeah once you get into like the mid game then you can start expanding on lines. You can start talking a bit more and like, okay, this is more intricate lines of play because now that we've brought some people up to speed on what these decks are doing, we can start getting a bit more in depth. And then once you get into the late game where it's like, this is where they need to really buck, like buckle down, you can start getting a little, uh, even more in depth. That doesn't mean you yeah. abandon those easy, quick analysis because you have to find a, a, a middle ground. You can't just have all in on the pickleball thing where it's, you know, it's super easy, goes goes, you know, it's, it's you're spoon feeding people too much, right? Yeah. You don't want to bore Teddy over here, but you also don't want everything going over everyone's head, looking like Zach Galifianakis and uh, the Hangover, have all the numbers going by and stuff. Um, it, it and that's a tough thing. And also, again, no dead air, uh, yeah. constant communication going on. Um, right. It's casting is the most fun puzzle of an activity that it's, it's my favorite thing to do. It's why I like doing podcasts. Uh, it's just, I, I like talking about the thing more so than playing actually, but it, yeah, it's no, hard. I mean, it, it's super fun. It's super fun. And I feel like even at the, like the end of the conquest match, that's where you can almost go like all in on like the emotion, the stakes. And yeah. when the big play comes out, you just like try and go crazy. And you're trying to like, because the veteran players, they know the lines. The beginner players are like, okay, this is building the intensity. And like, yep. that's the energy that makes it interesting to watch rather than play. Or to cast rather than play. Mm. I mean, that that's what uh, that's what guest is great at. Guest, um, so typically, like, if I'm if I'm casting with, alongside guest, uh, for those of you who know, I'm talking about guest gaming from Stamp.Fan. Um, Head writer, right? Yeah. Uh, he also does some commentary and stuff like that as well. But if I'm casting with him, he usually takes the reins for color commentary. Um, and like I said, that's the, usually the split, play with play color commentary with some deviations here or there. But once we get into turn six, I hand it to him because he loves doing the 
like uh, auctioneer type of rapid fire, and this yeah. comes down here, 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 and like uh, like for the last thing, that's his favorite thing to do. So yeah. I, I like being able to hand that over to him, and then I that basically the roles kind of switch. He becomes the play by play for turn six, and then I'm the one going wow, like like, like that kind of. So like it's like I I love that dynamic. Uh, I love being able to flip back and forth and that kind of thing. Um, but it just, you know, you got to find the right person to cast with. And it's uh, it's, it's hard because you can have two very skilled casters, right? Um, but you never know until you get in the booth together uh, if you have the chemistry to actually make it sound enjoyable or entertaining for the uh, the viewers. Yeah, for sure. So I think that Twitch Rivals happened right before SnapCon. And yep. I think it kind of blew the doors open on the meta with a brand new deck, this Forge... Uh, brood absorbing man combo mm-hmm. it was brilliant because in the the twitch rivals format was a veteran snap content creator paired with an outsider and so players were looking for decks that were not only competitive but also were very easy to teach people on and this yeah. deck is smooth as butter you just pair up these these combo on reveals and you try and generate these tokens with these massive bodies it's come up i think it's going to be a meta evergreen did snapcon hit us with any new Meta arrivals or meta surprises? So meta surprises, I don't know if that can be said. Now, we did see a handful of people playing. Brad is like, I was not surprised. I knew these decks were good. Nobody Uh, else did, but I was not surprised. (laughs) Well, we saw a lot of the the classic uh, decks, right? We saw, I mean, there there was a handful of stuff like Top 32 where you saw like maybe... um, like a Jean Grey Guardians list, right? But that person got knocked out pretty early. Aww. I think they, I think they made it to top sixteen. They got, they made it to round two and they got knocked out. Um, I'm still holding out on the but, Jean Grey. Like she was good. People just haven't yeah. cracked it yet. Like uh, that, that lane control kind of thing, right? Uh, that was one. Um, looking at like, uh, you know, top four. Uh, you had a silky smooth variation by Flat Soda. He got nice. fourth place. That was that was running um, a Black Bolt stature package in the top end uh, instead uh. of your typical Chavez stuff. Uh, you had uh, the Jolly Roger uh, who made third place. He was playing a X twenty three Deadpool Destroyer. X twenty three makes an entry. Yes, let's yes, go with, uh, with the Deadpool with Destroyer. Okay. Yep, had Nimrod, He's Null fit Destroyer. No, there's no death, and there's an invisible woman as well. Uh, so oh it's very gosh. interesting, cool list. He has Shuri Why in there. Why do you run invisible woman? It's it's so that you can basically, uh, you know, the oh, play in the late master. game. No, there's that that that's one thing, of course. Like right, but then there's the other thing of. Um, you know how you can usually uh, throw out like Carnage and then like Venom to have like Nimrod get eaten and then caught again oh, to spread you it across. Play it early, so you can play it early no underneath way. Invisible Woman. Another one is we learned this as a classic trick during the bounce meta. He's running Killmonger as well, so if you run yeah. against these Hyiva lists, yeah. um, then they uh, you know they 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 have to whiff on armor or whatever. But there might be enough decks that are running Sunspot and things like that, or Kitty uh, in other lists. Yeah. You can do the classic like, oh, I'm gonna just. A stick kill monger underneath invisible woman and get him in the end game right well, that's what it is um, like thanos and then the silky movement that deck. too yeah yep put a lot uh, of so ones down. that that got number three uh second place was w um he was uh in the finals was essentially a mirror match some minor differences between the two i'll go over that in just a second so w uh was running his hulk wave for hyevo um, so that's your Sunspot Nebula, Misty Knight, Armor, Jeff, Mr. Fantastic, or he was running the Mooster Fantastic variant, running Wave. I love Wave here because that lets yep. you still pass on the final turn when you drop Hulk, 
and so everything activates one more turn is really satisfying yes uh so wave on five is awesome for this because again like you said you still get those two energy for float for sunspot misty night still goes off um cyclops still goes off he's also running claw in the list as well for a little extra reach Uh, we saw with the recent resurgence of uh yeah, of a Thanos ongoing type of list. Claw has actually been very good. It's one of those cards that like, we, okay, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, where um, it's I know you're shaking your head, but Claw and I I asked him straight up, Mike, how has Claw been? Because that was the the one that stuck out. And he's like, it has been one of the best cards in the deck. Um, he swears wow. by it. He says it's very good. Hold I have the okay. utmost faith in W. He's a fantastic player. Uh, to give you a quick, um, but for why those not of you, run Professor X? I think he just wanted the extra power. I mean, you get extra power in the single lane, you get extra reach in the other lane um, okay. for locked locations. Um, it's just, I, I guess, it just lines up better with his play. It's also a better late game drop if you don't want to play Chavez or Hulk because those are there are True. situations where you play, you know, like let's say there's a stormed location, right? No, it um, is a classic with Wave, right? That you then mm-hmm. play something that affects multiple lanes. The opponent's locked to one card. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then, like, look, I, that deck looked really cool. And I wanted to say real quick, um, in the finals, a little spoiler, uh, if you want to watch it, go check out Felicity's VOD to see the finals. It was a great match. Um, it came down to a 50-50 is, is basically what happened. Oh, oh, oh so, man. Um, that that's, that's, that's all I'll say if you want to check out the rest. And then the winner was Rocco on, like I said, kind of a mirror match. It's a high Evo deck similar to the high Evo knot that we've seen running around uh, recently, but no Infinite. Instead, it's still doing the She-Hulk thing and Hulk, but it's opting to run Legion instead, still doing the magic thing so that you can go uh, Leech on 5, um, and then float on six, play Hulk, She-Hulk, and then kind of go to town from there, right? And then still have right. that. So if you're wondering what the, why you play the leech there is because you're wanting to be able to take away the opponent playing Legion or something to remove Limbo from you. They can't mm-hmm. get that turn six surprise on you if you're leeching. And then it also is just devastating to especially destroy decks. All of their big finishers just roll over yeah, and die. Yeah. Uh, this exact matchup is what uh, Jolly Roger lost to um, bef- in the semis. Um, so again, like you said, it disrupts the destroy matchup, and that's what happened to Jolly Roger, unfortunately, um, where it just kind of messed him up quite a bit. And the other thing I like about the in- the inclusion of Legion over Infinite here is the flexibility of saying, I'm running Magic. I can go into the late game, into that turn 7 if I want to, but... I, if I see the window to just drop Legion and take away Limbo on turn six, um, that's still impactful as well. I mean, if you just yeah. play Legion on his own on turn six, or maybe you do a float on turn four to do Legion She-Hulk, um, well, no, that, would, that wouldn't be enough energy. But no, no, it would be. On turn, float on turn five. Uh, that would be five and one. Yep. Um, exactly. You can Legion Shulk. It's, yeah, it's so nutty. That'd be it's really good. Really and those, good. like, that is peak snap your heart is in your throat because everything doubles so you're not just playing yeah. for the cubes you're playing for the max end game value like one way or the other if they get you they get you and if you get them it is it's a game flipper man i just recently won a um gold conquest off of legion mm-hmm. on vault <laughs> i i just farmed um three back-to-back infinite uh tickets uh this weekend 
with my old trusted uh, Infomaniac deck um, with a slight change. So, Teddy, uh, I know you did a video on, on that deck not too yep. long ago after we talked about it. And I, you included Medusa in yes. that. And I ended up going to the same direction. I'm including Medusa now. But do you know, after some deliberation and talking with guests over uh, a pizza dinner on night one, uh, do you, can you guess what three drop I went with? I mean, you probably brought in what the... Was it already running Spider-Man or is Spider-Man coming in instead of the... Um, I had Stegron in there as almost a little bit of a meme. Mm-hmm. I, he was fine, but Spidey so, instead of Stegron. I we talked about Spider Man, but then we we landed on Beast, and Beast has been okay. incredibly interesting. Um, Medusa, a three four body uh, Hawkeye pickups picks up Hawkeye for another trigger, and now he's zero cost. Right, um, especially if you think there's going to be a Killmonger, you can pick him up or whatever. Killmonger's not a big deal against this deck anyway because you're only yeah. running the single one drop. But making that a four uh, a, a one seven uh, is pretty nice. And then, of course, picking up Medusa again to either go right back on the middle, become a 1-8, a or you can spread her power somewhere else um, and just take the 1-5, like a Titania, yeah. essentially. Um, it's been very good. I've been loving it and uh, still doing the Black Bolt stature thing. Um, I cut White Queen from the list. Uh, that was yeah. like the odd man out uh, for me. Um, but yeah, the, the deck has been running really nicely. It still has, I guess, a little bit of the issue of, um, I don't want to say it's beast doesn't make it. So it's solved in a sense of like your power output and no one's going to really expect this deck. Right. Um, well, I'm no, sure guys, if you don't know, like, this deck is running Adam Warlock and Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, but the from my perspective, from piloting, it feels like the power output is a little bit solved in terms yeah. of how much you can really put out. Yep. That's my only downside to the deck. Um, but uh, otherwise, uh, the info you get with Mirage and things like that has been really cool. But that that's another thing about SnapCon that I loved is being able to sit down and talk with guests, Super Tech God and stuff like that, and like you know go to dinner, like you know like talk to like Binks and, shit and like just. None, of course, snap related things, right? And non snap related things, like Binks and I talk about the zoo uh, <laughs> uh, at the, at the uh, dinner uh, last night. But to sit down and talk with all these people and figure out these little puzzles of like uh, these decks, like Guest had been working on for a while. He's he's been doing a uh, an Arnim Zola Wong, um, you know, a Black Panther deck. Yeah, but it's also running Silver Surfer stuff. And that was a really fun puzzle to sit down and try to like, okay, let's figure out how to make this work. Cause like these pieces do kind of work together. So where's yep. the, it's, where's that early game change? So I mean, we, I think we landed on like echo and like uh forge being in there. Cause he's already running brood and that's no, a forge hundred percent. He's running absorb man too for that as well. So he has the forge brood absorb man backup plan. If he doesn't get into surfer and he can still then at that point go into things like, you know, black Panther Zola, um, the, the the lines of that deck was really cool, but yeah, stuff like that. Just being able to meet with these people and that I've had this relationship with, like online, uh, in person, and just talk Marvel Snap is like the best thing about the weekend. Oh man, I hope we get guilds in a way that kind of brings that to yeah. everyone, not just those in the content creator space, or not just those who can go to SnapCon, but just then you have like more of a reason to plug in on Discord and talk about decks and. Especially mm-hmm. if they can bring a kind of head-to-head 
focus that requires you to use a large amount of your collection rather than just whatever the hot new meta deck is because that yeah. that's solving the puzzle of like what's my second or third string deck actually going to be able to do up against theirs then i think things get super interesting dude i mean it'd be really cool if like could you imagine if there were like guild-based tournaments like within exactly. the game within the client itself yes. not just like whatever and we like have you have the technology like, yeah, and like I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna be like two headed giant type kind of thing. I don't know how that yeah. would ever work if they did that. Be cool, don't get me wrong. Hopefully that can be a thing some at some point. But um being able to just say like, hey, you have three people in your guild, you all like join a little lobby together, you find another guild to play against, and then you essentially all either play at the same time or like spectate each other or whatever. I I don't know how it would work. Um maybe th- if we eventually get different modes, like a draft, you have like one person playing draft, another person playing like, you know, series one and two deck only, and the other one person playing like the, the meta, right? Being yep. three formats, and you're like, okay, Teddy, I trust you. You're an amazing drafter in this game. You're my drafty. Go. Yep. Go, go do that. Uh, and then like, you know, that, that sounds so fun. And I, 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 I the future looks so bright for the game. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, having these things come to fruition. Right. Yep. Oh, man. I'm excited. So, stay tuned. SnapCon. Is there... When can we expect, like, an announcement of next year? Uh, I can't tell you yet. I'm not sure. How, There's still a lot of things to figure out. Is um, it just, like, a couple month lead time? So, we originally announced SnapCon uh, earlier this year, in, like, February or March, I believe. Uh, maybe So, it's, April. like, six-month lead time. So, there was... That was typically when it what when it happened, but it also was like around the time that they originally thought of the idea for it. Yeah. So yeah. technically, Felicity already announced it because on the sign off, she did say "see you next year." Okay. Um, so uh, that's kind of her way of saying like we plan on this to yeah. be a recurring thing. Um, Is so, she the best place? If our listeners are interested in next year. Follow Felicity X yeah, Twitter on, to be on able Twitch, to get... on X okay. and Twitter, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely go. go follow for, her. For dates um, and tickets next year. Also follow Default Dan as well. Um, he'll be able to give updates and everything in that regard. Um, and of course, follow myself and, and Teddy over here. Got to gotta give us some love too. We're yeah, going to try and get Teddy to go there. Oh, they, they, they need to be reminded. Oh it's man, okay. if I'm going, then we're definitely getting a Can't Stop Snapping live episode. Yes, I'm trying to get Chris to go too because I want to do I want to do that too. I want, I'm like, look, if we can get a live episode for uh, any of our podcasts, it'd be amazing. Um, and and uh, Dan already talked about that. He's like, yes, absolutely, uh, we'll, yeah. we will do that. Uh, so we already have the blessing from the organ the uh, organizers for SnapCon. So all we got to do is just actually get you here. Exactly, we were just passing like ships in the night. I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, worn out and motion sick from my days at hollywood and universal so i was out man i was out couldn't take any more though i could take more of the florida weather man it was hotter in kansas city but i digress we should probably talk about our brand new cards yep so we're going to head over to your channel now to talk about silver samurai coming out this week as well as if it's a you know a smasher pass i guess or snapper pass, I guess it should be called, for this week's spotlight. Drew Barry has trademarked uh, that. we got to be careful. we got to be careful. Uh, Drew Barry is a friend of the show. He's not going to do anything <laughs> about it. But, yes, fine. You can have the trademark, Drew Barry. I'll just always – we'll say snapper pass, trademark by Drew Barry. It's see if that's going to be the go for this week. <laughs> <laughs> so see you guys there. 
Welcome back, my friends, to Can't Stop Snapping here with Brad Sifer. We just wrapped up our conversation on SnapCon, which sounded incredibly exciting. Huge tournament. You got a lot of casting in. Saw a lot of the existing meta. And now we're looking ahead. Silver Samurai right on the horizon. This guy's getting, I think, I feel like everybody has been saying, oh, this is the underrated card and he's going to be great. So I don't think he's actually underrated at this point. But what's your hot take here on... Uh, on Silver Samurai? I think he's going to be much harder to figure out uh, than people think. Um, I think Ooh. the fact that he uh, discards the lowest power card and not the lowest cost card creates for 100% some interesting interactions. A lot That's... of people, I think, are expecting him to be just a duplicate of Colleen Wing. He is yeah. not a duplicate of Colleen Wing, my friends. He is a 4-5. Unreveal each player. Each player, Moon Knight text, discards the lowest power card from their hand. So, I clearly meant to be able to synergize alongside Dakin with the Shardblade, uh, getting that cut out. And then can still synergize with Swarm, but you gotta be careful that you don't have any twos or zeros, right? Yeah, but then you can't really go into your buff hand. This is where it gets weird, right? Like, if you want to, like, make use of, like, your Swarm, for example. Yep. And you want to do, like, the Nakia Okoye, like, buff your hand, that kind of thing, and make him, you know, two fives. Well, yeah. now they're probably not the lowest power thing in your hand anymore, so that kind of sucks. Right, whatever One you're thing, drawing in could be lower yes. than what the Nakia buffed, and that throws off your curve. you got to be really careful if that's the route that you're going to take. Specifically, yeah. like, what your other enablers for that deck is. I think we're already kind of piecing around just, like, what the straight um, discard deck might look like. And you're often looking at a, a power multiplier like the Lockjaw or the Wong. And if you don't get those to the board in time, Silver Samurai is going to be cutting those instead of your Swarm. And Dracula yeah, so particularly is looking very vulnerable. You have to have a very tight turn play. You have to have the Dracula down before you get him out. Yes, yeah, so if we look at a typical list right now for discard, you see uh, pretty much in the one draft spots either Nebula or Sunspot. It's up to yep. your own you know, or X23 uh, now. pick. Uh, yeah, that, that I would say probably not. I think that's. I think she's actually really bad in discard because it's a typically a one shot in the window for getting the extra yeah. one energy. There's not very many. No, lines that's for that's that. fair. She's not. But so on the one hand, she's nice when you hit her with the Modok, and then mm -hmm. if you just have Wolverine and X twenty three jumping to the board. But otherwise, getting the energy cheat, they don't care about it. Yeah, so typically you have uh, essentially, you know, Nebula, Sunspot, maybe X-23 in the one drop, Morbius, Wolverine, Swarm, Colleen Wing, Lady Sif, Dracula, Absorber Man, MODOK, APOC, and a lot of times you've been seeing, uh, of course, then Dakin as well. I missed a couple yeah. cards because it's Dakin and Chavez are to round it out. That's why you yeah. have Absorber Man now to basically get that. And I'm thinking that instead of... What would you cut in this typical list to bring in Silver Samurai because I think this is the most natural home people are going to try first because it curves out so nicely because then on three you go Dakin, on four Silver Samurai, hit one of their cards, buff Dakin to a 3-8. Uh, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, and then you can just kind of go from there and figure out what you need to do. Um, it is directly competing with uh, with uh, Dracula in that slot, um, right? Because uh, But what we saw with Dakin give discard 
it gave a nice bridge for those awkward uh, those awkward hands where you have Lady Sif as your three drop, right, on turn three. And it's like, wow, the highest cost card in my hand is Modok or Dracula. This really sucks. I cannot play her. Dakin can now fill the gap for those yeah. awkward hands. Yes. In the same way, I think uh, Silver Samurai could alongside Dracula for the four drop, right? It's so Dracula is so strong though, like Well, I'm not saying you cut him. I'm not saying you yeah. cut him. I'm saying you would run both in the scenarios just for those games where you don't have Dracula. Then you're super happy four. to play Samurai, yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that, I just don't know who you cut from it. there. Like uh, beyond that. Like do you is Absorber Man the one that's the odd man out? Because Absorber Man to yes. me um is really just there for Dak and Absorber Man, uh, right? Uh, currently, uh, to get like the the huge deck in, and I don't like the absorbing man. Well, honestly, I like absorbing man to be able to clip onto silver samurai, but mm-hmm. uh, I think if you're running the rest of this shell and you are not running a force multiplier card like the Wong or the Lockjaw, yeah, which those could be looking pretty pretty strong. Yeah, um, I don't know silver samurai with the five power on his own body. You probably want him sticking to the board. So I think that the absorbing man goes, and then you just play. Uh, Silver Samurai, if you get the opportunity here. You also might be trading one drops around. I don't know. Like even Neb- I think Nebula is pretty safe because you're trying to be able to hit the Shard. And then if not the Shard, you're trying to hit Swarm. Or, do the, wanna... um, or the Wolverine, which yeah, any yeah. of these works out pretty well. I do want to ask you, do you think it could be as simple as a new discard deck comes out that's more so stat-based discard as opposed to just like uh, Draco discard. It feels more combo-ish to me. You really want to have those setups of like Modok into Apoc and things like that. The swarms and you, the uh, the lines are very clear for that, right? Yes. What if it's something that's more so like you're running, um, of course, Silver Samurai and things like that, and Dakin? That's your that's your starting point, right? That that initial three to four curve is very nice, but yep. then you're also going Black Bolt. You have stature in the list for that. Uh, you also maybe run Moon Knight as another pivot, and you run, of course, Ghost Rider to bring back stuff. So if you hit one of your cards that you didn't want to, Ghost Rider brings stuff back, makes, brings back Dakin, brings back Silver Samurai. Um, do you think something like that, like a stat base version of the list that's more so caring about just good discard cards that have good stats as opposed to synergistic ones? Uh not to say it's not synergistic, but it's you know, less so, I think, um, than um, uh, traditional Dracula lists would be. I don't know. I think that the most likely thing that we see appearing is the Lockjaw coming back to be mm-hmm. able to get all these different activations. And then I think that maybe we see a little bit of a hybrid hand attack discard package get built up people distill down what that core of discard is with like swarm calling wing moon knight and then silver uh silver samurai absorbing man in that situation could be looking pretty good and then of course black bolt stature as well and um you just decide on how far you lean into hand attack and how far you want discard and you can kind of you have that you have a core on either side and then you move the needle depending on your own preference or a little bit of a meta read because there's I think hand attack is the most exciting thing out of this guy. Uh, he could mm-hmm. actually bring it into the forefront. I mean, we're looking at the Black Widow blocks a draw. We're looking at Moon Knight knocks a card out. Silver Samurai knocks a card out. Black Bolt knocks a card out. The Absorbing Man gives you extra consistency on any of these. 
and then suddenly the opponent just has one card on the final turn. Yeah, and then you could probably run Ghost Rider on that list as well because, like, if you, let's say you have Ghost Rider and uh, Silver Samurai in hand, and then turn three, you play sure. your Moon Knight. If you hit one or the other, you're kind of fine. You hit Ghost Rider, it's a wash, doesn't matter. You hit yeah. Silver Samurai, you go, cool, my turn four play is Ghost Rider now. I get eight power in this lane and still get my discard off, still get my hand attack, and information as well. Again, what Moon Knight and this does, and of course, you know I'm going to say, I think I'm going to try this in the Info uh, Maniac deck that I was just talking about yes. in, uh, over on my side. The the overall power level of this deck feels like it's going to be below a lot of the other meta pieces, but obviously you're leveraging a lot of control against the opponent here, le- breaking up all of their combos if they are a combo mm-hmm. deck. And because discards are public information, <laughs> your info on snapping or retreating, if you're just not hitting the, what you need to hit, um, is so valuable that if you get enough reps in on this deck, I think like that learning curve of like I'm hitting enough or I'm not hitting enough can really get you over the edge on very intelligent snapping and retreating. Yeah, and this seems like a very good conquest card to me. Yeah. Anything that provides information, that's why I think Mirage is a good conquest card. I think even Cable at this point can be considered a decent conquest card. It's not as well statted, of course. I think Mirage is going to take precedent over him in most lists that can afford to run in that uh, two-drop slot, something around those kind of effects. Yeah. Um, but information is very important. There's a reason that Stature Black Bolt, that combination of cards, a very simple two-card combo, has such a high win rate even still now today with the nurse that they you know suffered well, uh, a couple months ago. Could you imagine, Brad, if they were their old forms, eight and seven, baby? Come on, bring it back, bring it back. But I think it would yeah. be too much. Like It's, it's very good, and um, this deck looks pretty mean. The, the risk, right? The downside is you need to hit your combos more or less on curve they're not doing mm-hmm. anything for you on the final turn besides being no. understated right you need to build towards something for your final turn um and you have to get the disruption earlier so this could be a good case for chavez honestly yeah chavez could be great in this um it's hard to say what the uh definitive list would end up looking like uh, in these type of like hand attack ones, I like the idea of Black Widow, maybe Iceman on one to just hit something. You're probably running, um, you know, uh, Spider Ham in that yeah. as well, yeah, just to get more info, uh, especially in like a mirror match. Now, We're probably gonna see a lot of APAC going, uh, APOC going around as well. Do you want to see the Wave Odin combo come in? This was a this was the mm. old wild classic for the hand attack is that you would Widow Wave Odin and then you'd give them a four cost bite. And so they would either play a zero power and get to draw, or they would not get an extra draw. I mean, honestly, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it, especially with that extra, like, I mean, it just gives another tool to it. So, yeah, you're looking, let's say, let's let's build it real quick. You know, it's, it's yeah. we got Iceman, we got yeah. Spider-Ham, we got Black Widow, okay? Um, we got Dakin probably for stats, I yes. think is fair, just to have a, a solid discard option for, uh, with that uh, shard. Uh, we have, um, of course, Silver Samurai. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Wave. Then we have Odin. And Bla- you can wave off curve a little bit and then yeah. Odin to like on five to get a reactivation of your uh, any of your three costs. Black Bolt, uh, Stature. So now we're at nine. Yeah. Um, what else are we looking at here? What are you, what are you thinking? Um, do we, we need stats? Moon Knight? Moon Knight? Yep. Uh, probably for more discard. And then you said want more stats, so then probably looking at like a 
uh, something like uh, Spider-Man just as like good stats early game or like just a bridge and then Chavez to round it out. Yeah. It might work. The the hand attack is just so disgusting. It's all going to revolve around how much you're really breaking up their combos, right? Because we, I think your stats are starting to be coming in behind. Lad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lad, could play. Lad, could play. And you could also fit in the abs man as another, like, uh, multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. Did we already say that? No. Okay. Interesting pivot. All right. What if we did a plant hand attack? We trim some of the... Uh, Probably what ends up being the fat, I would argue Moon Knight might be one of the first cuts that you look at as the, you play the deck more and more. Um, yeah, well, here's um, the thing, is that we could uh, lean more into discard, as I said, as a, as a potential option here. We include Swarm Calling Wing, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I was also thinking just like Forge Brood Absman. It's really just, hard to build anything without Forge right now, guys. It's really hard. Because it's just an easy, like, quick little, like, uh, a small package. Like, again, we're, we've we already seen Stature Black Bolt be a package. And I do think that even Stature Black Bolt, Silver Samurai, and perhaps Dakin, those four cards could be their own package moving forward. I wouldn't be shocked by that. But I do think currently Forge, Absman, Brood is a package right now that you're seeing a lot of decks run. Of course, we have the uh, the Patriot Surfer list that's going around. Uh, that and sometimes it's even cutting the surfer. It's crazy, but it's really yeah. good. It's just the, the options that we have now with these cards are pretty impressive. But overall, if, you're, if you have a viewer asking you, Teddy, should they go after Silver Samurai? Assuming yep. they have the majority of... like Let's say they're only missing cards that are like... Uh, uh, maybe uh, what uh, they probably they already have Iron Lad. They already have Jeff, right? They've already got these guys because that's the other thing is that this cash, this spotlight cash man is the champ of champs. Is it? Isn't it? Am I crazy about who is releasing alongside? No, no, no. I Hang mean, on. This one has the Kitty Pride. This is Kitty Very. Pride in uh, twenty ninety nine. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. So I, I was gonna say this spotlight cash is kind of ass, because you should have Kitty Pride already. Twenty ninety nine doesn't yeah. play anywhere. Here's the thing: is that the Kitty Pride variant is fire. I I I use it for thumbnails. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm I'm not very interested in Kitty Pride variants. Um, that's one of those few cards. I'm just like, if I throw it into a deck, I'm playing it. I'm not very passionate about that card. Um, so I'm not too interested in getting. Okay, a yeah. So for Silver it. Samurai, the Wedding Dress, Kitty Pride, and then twenty ninety nine. We still need to hack 2099, and it's silky movement was like his shot at move, the best shot that move has, and it's not running any of these well, traditional move no engines. one's tried it. I haven't seen anyone try to do like a ghost spider and then like 2099 package in there. Maybe yeah, maybe that's their shot if you're already running Craven, eh? Yeah, you're running Craven and you're running uh, smooth. And again, at the end of the day, he is a 4 6. Yep. There's not very many of those left that actually have impactful abilities. You have the thing, you have to be running with the Haivo to get his true yeah. potential being Lad reached. is just like head Lad and shoulders is, over everybody else. Yep. White Chad. Queen has fallen out of favor quite a bit. Um, yeah. like, then, then you have Spider-Man 2099. Uh, Colson and Nick Fury ate White Queen's lunch, which is so sad because... We're getting that beach bod variant. Oh man, Brad! But but we're also oh, getting a noir man. Nick Fury to coincide with the other Maria Hill and Coulson noirs. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and so for this week, do you think this is a well? Well, three categories. Okay, 
again, trademark by Drew Barry, snap, pass, or buy with tokens. So snap, pass, or cash. I like it. It's releasing Series 5 as our all cards this season is our understanding. So my general recommendation is to crack open your caches first to be able to see these. Your token generation is just so low unless you are putting in a little bit of extra budget into the game to keep up with the token Tuesdays. It looks like the forecast is next month we're going to get a little bit of a reprieve on the token cost with I think a l- one of the cards is releasing S5, two of them are scheduled to be S4. I'm not According sure. According to the data mine, yes. It's yes, it's su- to subject be... to change. Last time it did change to be all S5, so don't put too much credence on this, but that is the forecast. Um, I'm going to be opening up my caches for it. And mm. I think part of it is because I do love this Kitty Pride variant, though. That's right. Um, I mean, I, I had, uh, to give you an example, the week that was, um, what, it was uh, the Galactus variant, um, the Nimrod variant. Who was that week? What card was that week? On Galactus, Galactus? Nimrod. Yeah, that Galactus, was the Battle Pass. Nimrod. That was um, Dakin in the Battle Pass, so it's Galactus, Nimrod, oh, Spider-Ham. Yeah, okay, so yeah, that first week, I had all those cards. I opened yeah. four I opened four caches because I really liked all the variants, and I got all the variants. Francis, for no, yeah, I know. No. But then I, but then I skipped the next week, saved up four caches. I bought. No love least, for the Death I bought Death Strike with no. I bought her with with tokens, um, and then opened four caches for X twenty three. My current plan is to most likely, uh, looks like uh, yeah, I'm gonna probably save up. Um, I have currently two caches saved for this week. I think I'm gonna pull the trigger on both of them for. Uh, Silver Samurai, because again, I am collection collection complete. Yeah. Um, so if I hit, I hit. If not, no. Actually, you know what? No, I, I've changed my mind. I'm gonna token. I'm gonna token. I'm gonna skip next week because next week right. is Jeff. I already have Jeff. I don't need the Null variant and whatever the last one is. I don't. I Ghost Spider. Well. Venomized Ghost yeah. Spider. So I'm skipping next week. I'm a hard skip, and then Eliath. I'm saving four of them for. So I have one or two saved yeah. up already. I'm gonna get to four for Eliath buy samurai with tokens so basically suggestion to wrap up all of that just fucking insanity in a nice clean present with a nice little bow on top if you have jeff and you really like the effect of samurai i recommend going with tokens and saving caches for Eliath because i think he's going to be a very impactful card for the meta okay because that's they can't wait to talk about future card releases yeah <laughs> we're gonna have to save that for next week but we will i just i'm just giving a little we gotta if we gotta give recommendations we gotta include all the context right yes 100 so percent. because i think if you don't have jeff you're gonna prioritize jeff over samurai right now yes agreed so you if you don't have jeff skip this week save your caches get jeff next week um and then you'll figure out a lie from there yeah if you have jeff and you don't care about samurai save for Eliath. otherwise as far as token spending for Eliath and or, I'm oh, sorry man, for gonna, uh, for Samurai, the problem, man. Here's the problem: is that the Eliath cash might be worse. It has no guard. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and new hit monkey, which is also like the most so underwhelming. That's why, but I think that's why that's a uh, a cash where it's like you need all four because you got to guarantee you hit Eliath because I think the other stuff is not going to wor- give you value. No, and he's but he's worth it, right? The same way that I would say Jeff is worth it to hit all of them because they're both going to be Series 5. Jeff is still 6,000. Elias is definitely going to be 6,000. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would go from there. I would also... I wouldn't 
mind recommending if you're on the fence about samurai you kind of like the effect you're not sure hold off for a little bit um if you if you have the intention of like you know doing with tokens i should say right and you're not really willing to spend your caches hold off for maybe a week or two see where people figure them out because i do think this is going to be a tougher puzzle to solve than you would initially think because it's power had, and not not cost yeah we've had a really spotty record on the new cards coming out and immediately being good legion is really the only smash success story i feel like x23 has done pretty well but yeah but the, I, I, I don't overall think was in a great spot for mm. her to release into so she was getting like really hyped up and i think people cooled on her a little bit um of course still the yeah. tournament finish for the x23 deadpool f- looks fantastic though for for that card's yeah. longevity in the destroy package like yeah, I don't I, think she's necessarily worth 6,000 tokens personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's super niche in terms of yes. where she's played because no, she it's a pretty much just Thanos Destroy or Classic Destroy with like Nimrod and stuff like that just to get the extra ability to go like Deadpool into Null on turn six or whatever. Which I think is that's, nice. It's very nice. Don't get me wrong. I And I love going Deadpool Taskmaster, but sometimes I'm like, well, but the Null is sitting at 46. Deadpool's at 33. Uh, it feels bad. Um, so yeah, that'd be nice. But overall, I think X23 is a little bit of like a, you know, it's just very good at what she does, but very niche in what she does. Yeah. And I do agree with you. There's not very many hits where it's like, oh my God, like look at Silk. It took her like two months to become a relevant card. And that's a card. But I then got she 6, did 000. make it. Yeah. So <laughs> if you guys are still looking like for validation on this week, this week's looking really good. I mean, Silk is standing in the top meta deck rivaled of course but one of them nebula has been great always been great and x23 i think has found a stride it's like you have to love playing destroy to one x23 but then across the board we're looking at at great cards here and um two great variants (laughs) the thing about like buying silver samurai with tokens now i'm very excited for silver samurai but it's also going to be a niche card Looking yeah, farther ahead at Renslayer and Mobius, you have the energy cheat and the anti-energy cheat. Energy cheat, always been meta. Anti-energy cheat sounds mind well, explode. Those are, those are supposed to be the uh, the 3,000 ones, right? As a grown stand, both uh, Renslayer and Mobius. Yeah. Eliath is the one that's 5,000. So I'd be uh, checking 6, your sorry. stockpiles, and Loki season looks like it goes hard in the paint. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of like death and taxes type of uh, decks and stuff like that. I'm from like from Magic and stuff, I love those kind of decks. Uh, so seeing Mobius potentially be something like that, we've yet to see how he works with Wave. Uh, of course, uh, Glenn and all of them don't like to acknowledge uh, the effects of um, data mined uh, cards. They like to ignore their existence for the time being. Well, so yeah, it's like they understand that they're out there, but it's company policy. That partially for Glenn's workload, he will not comment on interactions for cards that have not been officially released. Yeah, yeah. As soon as we get that end of se- that next season reveal from the developers, it's open season, and I'm sure that he's actually probably prepping a statement <laughs> to go yeah. live like right alongside the release because you know that the FAQ is going to roll up. And so we'll be able to talk about it for sure there. I'm on the camp of he will work in a synergistic way with Wave that if you have Mobius and they play Wave, your cards are not increased and the enemy cards are not decreased, so it's going to be like the Wombo turn yeah, five. So I he's, even, a, uh, he's even statted to be able to be played together on turn five. It looks intentional. 
True. Um, I had a, like a, a post on like Twitter, or whatever, saying like I don't think it's going to work that way. I, I'd, I'd be shocked if it does because um, they have, it, it would get ready to be shocked, Brad. <laughs> yeah, it would effectively um, bring back an interaction with Wave they didn't want, like the, essentially that Death Wave style of a deck um, is the back. They changed Wave. It yeah, actually so would was, be back. That's what I'm saying. Um, that's why I was saying I don't think it would work that way. However. Now, part if of, it turns out it works, and I'm wrong, I am more than happy to admit that I'm wrong. I'm okay with being wrong. If you want to still send me death threats for being wrong, like people oh love God. to do lately okay, on Twitter, listen, The Can't Stop Snapping community is very supportive. Do not give the Brad the, the hate mail here. The thing is that like part of the reason that combo was so good is it was very simple, right? Mm-hmm. This time you have to have one more piece, which in Snap we've seen just adding that one element of complexity means it's less consistent. And then it falls apart, and it really falls apart if you um, don't have all the pieces here. So there's there's some padding here. What I, I would love to see She-Hulk get a little... Mm-hmm. She doesn't even get much of a bump up, though, because then... Well, you'd have to set up Mobius much earlier in the game. As I'm trying to think of like how much you can resurrect that specific Death Wave deck, it's going to be hard. Um, but other applications yeah. can certainly be there. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I think it's going to be really cool to watch, and uh, but yeah, the, I hope we gave enough of a uh, idea for what we feel about uh, Silver Samurai and this week's yes. uh, you know uh, Spotlight Cash. It's going to be a fun one moving forward. Honestly, the next few months are going to be a blast for Snap content and Snap cards and things like that. Like I said 100%. earlier, the future looks bright, and we yeah, so we're there with us for that too. Oh yeah, high on Silver Samurai, but being very cautious on the 6k tokens or cash yes. expenditure with how excited we are about what's to come. Make yeah. sure you're in a good spot to grab what you what you want so that you're not going to miss out on, on these future things. And then pick yourself up a samurai. It looks pretty <laughs> dope. All right. Well, Teddy, that's going to do it for us here. Are you excited for moving forward? Are you excited to be back with the, with the podcast and a regular schedule? I'm super excited. Been away for too long. Soundgarden, oh, Brad, talking about metal. Universal Studios is the most metal interpretation of a Marvel city you can ever imagine. Now, you might be telling me, no, Teddy, you don't think it's real metal because it's an amusement park with general audiences and small families. Brad, Mm -hmm. the heroes entered for their meet and greet to show me what you got by Power Man 5000. I was like, I know this song. And I never thought I would hear it. Every single speaker was blasting. <laughs> and then the villains came into Indestructible by Disturbed. That's great. Dr. Yeah, Doom do and uh, Green Goblin running through the streets. I loved it. Were there, any, were there any rides that you just said, no, not going on that? Nope. Every single one I get motion sick real bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I rode Hagrid's and the Velocicoaster and that was... I could. I did. Basically, I'm good for one ride in the morning, and then I'm just taking nausea medication and hanging out the rest of the day. Like I enjoy roller coasters, mm. but my stomach and head only take one. So no, <laughs> uh, no Hulk for you. No, no Hulk uh, for me. No thank no you. No Doctor Doom's Free Fall Tower. No, I've ridden Superman at Six Flags. That was good. Ah, okay. Yeah. And I mean, then the not... uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Two. That one's like the screen ride. That's even worse for me. So that was a no. Oh really? So no Transformers either, which, by the way, if anyone wants to go to Universal and they check out the Transformers ride, it's basically just a ripoff of the Spider-Man ride. And okay, I think yeah, it's, no I think Transformers it's worse. for me. But the wife saw the guy in costume of Optimus Prime, and she was Those like, Those are awesome. I kind of want to watch Transformers now. I was like, well, yes, let's do it. 
yeah. <laughs> like that was it. She saw a guy in the the Optimus Prime costume, and she's like, "Okay, we're watching Transformers." Yeah, I I, I love Universal. It's like I'm always uh, when it comes to like getting tickets because again, I'm right here, so I can yeah. just drive over to Orlando. Whenever I get uh, you know like season passes or whatever, like um, or annual passes or whatever for uh, amusement parks, always chose Isles of Adventure and Universal because uh, I just I vibe way more with that stuff. Like I I, I used to go to Disney yeah. a lot as a kid. Again, my dad basically through his work got um uh, got tickets essentially for free. Nice. So nice. we would go like all the time. And uh, I'm I'm kind of done with it. <laughs> I did that through my childhood. I know it's a little bit of a first world problem, but like, look, I just the, my, my my parents dragged me. You and, are in uh, amusement park paradise, right where you're at. Yeah, it's great. I, we have a I, I'd have to find them somewhere, but there's I we have Disney pins that say like "Congrats on your hundredth visit" or whatever. Um, so like, and uh, I I got that when I was like nine, uh, and essentially that's uh, again I I don't. It, Every weekend was almost almost every weekend, maybe every other weekend was a Disney a Disney day uh, for my dad because he hated sitting around the house, which is weird because now he loves sitting yes. around the house. So I don't yeah. know. Get out, get out, and do it. And honestly, when you're like able to space out your visits, it's way more fun. Yes, <laughs> it's way less pressure. You're not there trying to get there at the very beginning and then close the park down and just ending up exhausted and with heat stroke and be able to just you know pick out what you enjoy. You know you're going to come back later. Yeah, so stay hydrated. That's the big thing. No matter where you are, whether it's Florida no, or No, Dexter has copyrighted that. Come on, Brad. Oh, my goodness. It's, you can't copyright a, a, <laughs> a basic human need. Uh, we love Dexter. Everybody's so. got their thing. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah. So, well, thank you guys so much for watching. You are the best. We love you. We appreciate you. And we hope you enjoy us on the next week when we talk about mm, some other interesting things. Like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything, but we'll get there. We got exciting plans. Yep. See you then, guys. Don't stop snapping.